I'm Brett Coleman, and you're listening to the Sounds of the Loom podcast. morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast. I'm your host, Steve McPherson, and my boon companion, Callum Williams, has forsaken me for another. He's off getting married to an absolutely lovely young woman whom I've, I've never met, but I'm sure she's lovely. Uh, nonetheless, we are soldiering on here. In fact, uh, I'm sure we've got a bit of an upgrade since we're lucky enough to be here with the longest tenured loon, Brent Coleman. Uh, I like to start with hard-hitting questions, Brent. So have you ever considered growing your hair long again? <laughs> well... I don't think that that's really an option anymore at this point. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, uh, my hair's thin, and I think I'll be lucky to have any hair by the time I'm done playing. So that's <laughs> off the table completely. <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend who was, uh, when I was covering basketball, a uh, fellow writer who always had a shaved head, and he told the story that when he was in high school, I guess when he was in college, he had long hair, and his parents kept being like, when you graduate, you got to get a haircut because you're not getting a job with that yeah. hair. Yeah. So his revenge was to shave his head. He was like, is that, are you happy now? But then when he started coming back in, he was balding, and so he couldn't. Yeah, like, he, couldn't, he couldn't do it anymore? He couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was kind of how it started. I didn't have a job where I had to really cut my hair, you know? There yeah. wasn't much of a dress code. Right. So, I mean, if you saw me back in 2014, 2015, I looked pretty grungy. <laughs> I usually had some some facial hair, like a beard going in, or some just really ugly hair. It was bad. Is that part of why you went into professional soccer, just because you didn't want to have to wear nice clothes? 100%. That's yeah. the only reason why I started playing, yeah. <laughs> the dress code is pretty relaxed. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it actually started as a bet. It was started as a bet yes. with one of my friends that right. you couldn't, I think it was July, it was like halfway through the year, and he's, you couldn't make, you can't make it till the end of the year, to the new year, without cutting your hair. I was like, free money, baby. I don't have to cut it for anything. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. So was it was easy. a bet to grow it out, and then as I understand it, it was a fund was started to, for you to cut it as well, right? Yeah. Okay. That kind of came out of nowhere, too. Do you want me to tell the story? Quick? Tell the story. All yeah. right. All right. So we were in Houston last year, and uh, Calvo played soccer down there in college for mm-hmm. a year or two. And uh, he had a barber friend that came to the hotel and was cutting everybody's hair. And I was just walking by the by the room in the hotel, and I heard them in there. So I went in, and they're, they're cutting hair, and all of a sudden they start throwing it around. Brent, how much for you to cut your hair right now? Uh, I said, I don't know. You know, one hundred? No. Two hundred? No. And it just kept going up. I won't say exactly how much I got paid. Sure. But it got to the point where I was just like, all right, I can't say no anymore. This is a good investment. It was a great investment. It was right. the best deal I've ever made. <laughs> I won't come close to making a deal that good again because these guys paid me. To get a better look. Right. So, yes, it was fantastic. I think it is a better look overall. I think the short hair is... I also, when I started working for Minnesota United, I had long hair. Um, oh, yeah, I remember I, that. Yes. I, we, we had dinner with you guys. Yes. Or with you, uh, with Nick Rogers and... Yeah. Where, where, where was that? One, two, three, uh, or something? Yeah, yeah. Or was it Butcher Block? Could have been. Maybe. So, yeah, but yeah, I had long hair. And um, I just for, it, throughout my life, I always go through, like, growing it out and cutting it short, but... Now, now I feel like I've cut it short. And I'm probably gonna keep it there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I think we both look better with the short hair. <laughs> it's a lot easier to maintain. Hundred percent. Like I like I you know I, if even if I don't shower, it's basically the same thing. So yeah. it looks good. Um, so moving on from the important hair yeah. uh, questions, uh, poker. I know you're a huge poker guy. Yeah. How did you How did you get into p- playing poker in the first place? 
So in 2003, there was the uh, the World Series of Poker. They called it the Poker Boom when Chris Moneymaker won, and it was on ESPN. And that's when kind of everybody started playing, and it was no different for me. I was 13 years old at the time. Um, we started playing online on Poker Stars and, and Party Poker, uh, me and my friends, and also my older brother, Brad, really liked playing poker. So we play online. Um, sh- was not supposed to be playing for money, but I was playing for a little bit of money, you know, <laughs> underage. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it just kind of became an obsession a little bit. I, in the summers, I mean, I should have been outside. I, I would go outside for soccer practice and, and to play my sports and stuff. But if I wasn't doing that, I was pretty much always on the computer playing, you know, all kinds of tournaments and, and cash games and learning a, a ton about the game. And, um, yeah, that didn't slow down at all. I, I mean, I played all the way up when I was through high school a little bit, and then when I was in college, and then Black Friday happened in the poker world in April 2011, so I was a sophomore. So what is Black Friday? So Black Friday was, I think it was April 15, 2011, um, the Department of Justice seized Poker Stars in full tilt. Uh, I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and there was just it was, you, all, everybody's accounts were, were frozen. And those, if you're an American player, you still can't play on either of those two sites. Oh, and those really? are the two main ones. Yeah. So then I was close to being 21. So then I started going uh, across the river there in Omaha to Council Bluffs and playing at the Horseshoe and mm-hmm. playing live cash games. Interesting. So, so the online thing. I had a friend. I think I had a brother of a friend who mm-hmm. made like a lot of money playing online poker. It was yeah. like a legit way to like yeah. have a job basically. 100%. So, and is the, I mean, obviously the difference is if you're playing in person, there's, there's all this stuff with guys have hats and they have the glasses and they have all that stuff. Like, do you, when you cut your teeth, like learning on a computer, it, did that change a lot when you went to playing in person? Did you have to pick up a it whole It makes you much better. Okay. Oh, it's starting on the computer. hundred percent. Okay. The, the, the online guys, are so much better than live players because huh. you get way more hands per hour. Sure. So when you're playing live, it's pretty slow, and you're not really getting that many hands. When you're playing online and you have three or four, some guys have way more than that, tables going at once, oh, okay. you're just playing thousands and thousands of hands. Right. And you learn so much quicker. It's like compressed reps. You just 100%. You get, okay. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't really replicate that live because right. it's so much slower. So even now when I go and play, if I'm playing against somebody who's younger, mm-hmm. I'm generally going to assume that they're a better player than when I'm playing against somebody that's more old school or, or a little bit up there in age. I see. Because I, I'm, I'm assuming that even though they're younger, they're probably more experienced. It's kind of a weird weird backwards Interesting. thing Interesting. Like that. that is weird. Yeah. So, but then the live game is that um, things like like tells and bluffing, I mean, that obviously must take on a whole different element when you're actually yeah. facing people. Some guys are really good at it. Um, I don't try to put too much stock into, into live reads and, and physical tells. The one area where I found where people give things away and I can pick up on it is when they start to talk. If you get somebody okay. to start talking to you during a hand, and one question I like to ask people when I'm in a hand is, you know, will you show me if I if I fold? Uh-huh. And um, if they give you a genuine response, you can usually assume that it's true. But if they're thinking and then they speak, then you can tell that they're they're manipulating and they're trying to get you to do something they're not they don't sure. want you to do, and you can try to figure them out, but. My advice to people who, who are listening to this that play poker live is don't talk. Just don't give anything away. Right, right. There's the rare, there are few people you come across out there that are like masters at, at 
talking to you and getting you to do the wrong thing. Sure. But you don't want to give any more information right. than you need to. Are they like sociopaths, like people who could just like manipulate other people that way? Is that? Yeah, they might. They, <laughs> these people might just be very talented liars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I, I can imagine that. I guess I probably watched too many James Bond films because I believe that every poker game unfolds with tells and you're reading the other person. Yeah. But that's probably probably most of the time you're just playing hands. And yeah. You're so much better just playing like game theory optimal or close sure. to it. And sure. then for those decisions where I'm trying to get maybe a physical read is if, if I have a decision that I think is really close to 50-50, if I can like look at a guy or try to get him to talk and get it to tip me one way or the other, th those are the kind of the moments where I'm trying to use that stuff. But man, it's it, the live tells and stuff is pretty hard. Yeah. So it's like an edge case. It just comes up every once in a while. Yeah. Where like maybe this can go one way or another. Yeah. For me, that's how that's how I approach it. Yeah. So what uh, what's your favorite uh, variation of, of poker. Of poker? Yeah. Um, it's got to be No Limit Hold'em tournaments. Okay. That's where I've had the most success, and they can be very, very torturing because you can go, you know, five to ten tournaments in a row without making a cash because only the top about 15%, you know, are going to make the money. Mm -hmm. And you can go on droughts. But then it, it's all, it's so cool. When, when you make a, a deep run in a big tournament, like a live tournament, it's, it's a really cool feeling. Yeah. Yeah. What is it, uh, I mean, does it, do you get nervous? Does it, as, as the stakes get higher, do you start getting yeah. like, concerned? Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. I mean, because as you, like, say when you make the final table, I've made, you know, a handful of final tables. The pay jumps between places start to get really big. Sure. So the difference between ninth place and first place is, you know thousands and thousands of dollars so decisions become really really important you don't want to make a big mistake right and the first the tournament i actually the first live tournament i, I my biggest score at the time it still is i took third at an mspt over at canterbury park in 2013 and i actually made a big mistake when i when i got knocked out and i got knocked out in third place mm -hmm. and i was second place in chips and what i really should have been doing was almost kind of waiting for the, the third place guy to get knocked out because the pay jump between second and third place was about 20 grand. Wow. <laughs> and I left it on the table yeah. by making a big mistake because I wanted to win the tournament so bad. Right. But the, the proper way to play the spot was to let the other guy get knocked out and then take your chances playing heads up from there. Yeah. And I learned a lot from that. The next final table I made, I just felt so calm and I was seeing the spots clear because I had kind of been there before. Yeah. It was just that, you know, experience is, is really important. And yeah. Was, it's no different in poker. Yeah. So does the uh, does the competitive nature sometimes, does it just get the best of you like that? Like, like you want to go for that win yeah. rather than sort of playing it smart or playing it safe in some ways. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And it was it was being streamed, and I knew that a bunch of my friends and family were watching too, so that added a little bit extra element of me, like, wanting to win this thing so bad. Yeah. And it ended up costing me. Yeah. So is the uh, – does it? I mean, is, is having some skin in the game like that an important element of 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 it for you, or is just the competition of playing, you know, just with people you know, is that also satisfying? Just the competition and yeah. in trying to play each hand the best way you can play it or mm -hmm. the best way possible, and it's not going to happen. It's like it's like doing anything else. You're always going to make mistakes, right? And then it becomes about not letting that mistake turn into two or three or four mistakes. Right. That yeah. happens, and we call it tilting in poker. It happens. Yeah. Some people can't really control their tilt. I've heard of tilting in video games mostly, and that yeah. happens too. So That makes sense. I've been there too. <laughs> Rage quitting. It's, it's, it's very real. <laughs> so are there um, 
Uh, are there other guys? Do you play with the other guys in the team? Not much. Not much. Not much. We during preseason, we usually bring in the poker chips on the on these longer trips, mm-hmm. and we'll play a few games. Um, yeah, it's pretty fun. It's fun to to play with these guys that they, it, it's they don't have much experience. Most of them, sure, but they're they're so competitive and they all want right, to win. Right, right. They're all pro athletes. Right? Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Guys get pretty tilted up. And <laughs> so do you take them? Do you take them for money? I mean, are you are you yeah. gentle? You okay. Yeah. <laughs> For no, sure. I'm going to try to punish them as much as possible. When we're <laughs> so who's 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 bad? Who's bad? All right. Um, you know, Miguel actually got a lot better. Miguel wasn't good. Christian's, Christian's really bad. Okay. Christian, <laughs> Christian was, really, was bad. Really bad. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll say Calvo's, Calvo is unpredictable. Okay. Calvo's a guy that can run a big bluff on you, but that kind of makes him a little harder to play against because he can have it, you know? Is a spot sure. where you might think he's running a bluff, but this time he might actually have it. It's kind of mirrors his play on the field, right? Like he takes the ball, goes up the field. Yeah, he's a wild card. Yeah, he right. take risks and yeah. and you know he can. He's very unpredictable like that. Um, Boxy's pretty good. I'm trying to think who else is bad. <laughs> There's a couple guys that they shouldn't play. They're just burning money when they show up to play. <laughs> well, I don't. You don't have to give them away. If you right, want to well, keep taking yeah, the money. So. Yeah. I won't fleece them too bad. <laughs> I saw when I was on the trip to, to Kansas City, there was, uh, guys were playing in the, the waiting for the airplane. 22. Is that what they're playing? Okay, yeah, I was going to say, 22. what are the other games that they play? Yeah. 22 is the is a, the most common game. We've played it for years. And what is I, I have not played 22. So it's a pretty simple game. You It goes around left. I'm sorry. It goes around clockwise, okay. and you play your highest card. You want to be left with the lowest card possible in your hand, and whoever has the highest okay. card at the end of the hand has to keep it. And once your total gets above twenty-two, you're knocked out. Okay. How many cards is in a hand? So the first hand, it starts off with seven. Everybody gets seven cards, and then let's say the whoever loses the first hand loses with an eight. Okay. Then the next hand, everyone sells eight cards. Oh, okay. So it goes based on the number of whoever loses. Oh, interesting. That seems fun. Yeah, it's pretty simple, and it's, yeah. uh, it's a really good thing to kill time, especially in the airport. Yeah, I, those games that are like not my, – my wife and I, I'm a very competitive person, um, and so it took a long time for me to learn how to like lose and not just stomp away. <laughs> yeah. But to just do it because it's fun to spend time with your wife and, yeah. and just enjoy something together. So we like gin rummy because it's, it's – there's no stakes. Yeah. You're just kind of making, you know, a hand that you're like, oh, here we go. And then, you you know, you move on to the next one. We play cribbage sometimes, but it's, I get really confused by cribbage. I can't even remember cribbage. I learned at one point. There's but. so many steps that are – it's like there's, like, multiple components to each hand, and they have nothing to do with each other. Like, yeah. it's it's designed in a completely weird way. So, Well, there's another one we used to play. We used to play a game called Barnabarn that Danny Cruz learned okay. in, when he played in Norway. Norway or Sweden, one of the two. And that was a great game. It kind of com- uh, combined hearts and spades. Okay. And we I've had played a, hearts before. We had a good group of five or six guys that played that game on the road, and that was really fun. But it's a little too advanced, the guys. I, I wanted to teach guys here, but they just don't <laughs> want to do it. 22 is just faster, and it's simpler, so yeah. we stick with 22. Yeah, I think a certain amount of brain brainless activity just for those times when you're waiting for flights and things like that, that, yeah. probably, that probably satisfies the itch better than something complicated. Yeah. Like – Catan or some kind of... <laughs> we got a big Catan group, too. Oh, is that right? Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah. I have not played Catan. I've been trying to get more into board games overall. Uh, Ticket to Ride. Have you played Ticket to Ride? No. That's a good one. Uh, train game. Uh, we have, like, my, my wife's family goes up north uh, every summer, and so everybody brings, like, board games. And so that's, like, building railroads. Um, that's pretty fun. I think it's probably 
Um, Catan's probably more complicated, but... Do you win? Do you do well? Um, I don't... I've only played Ticket to Ride. Like, we, it's kind of complicated to get through, so I think I've only fully gotten through a game a couple times. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm okay. Um, my real board game recommendation is Love Letters. Have you heard of this game? No. It's a card game. Okay, my friend, my friend Matt, uh, who's a, a singer-songwriter here in the Twin Cities, Matt Lateral, uh, is a big board game guy, and he turned me on to it. And he's like... He, I was asking for recommendations. He's like, you're going to feel so stupid buying this game because it's like, it's not very many cards. They each have like an illustration on it and it's about like court romance and it comes in a little velvet bag and it's like, you're going to open it up and deal it out and it's like, there's different characters and then you play cards. Everybody only has one card in their hand and it's basically about, you're trying to get your letter to the queen uh, or the, I think it's the, the, maybe it's the princess, you know, because you're trying to court the princess. And there's sort of like gamesmanship about like different cards will do different things. If you play the guard, you can guess somebody's uh, card. And if you're right, then they're out. If you, um, you can make somebody else show you their card. Uh, there's all these like little things like that. Huh. And, it, and he was like, the thing is, you're going to start playing, you're like, this is dumb. After one hand, you're going to be like, okay, who has got, you're going to be like all into <laughs> it. And it was really good. And that yeah. one is a fun game. And once you sort of learn some of the, the tricks, you can like, the little tricks to the cards, there's some, like, nice intricacies to it. But it's very simple, so it goes fast. Yeah. Um, so that's my recommendation. Okay. We yeah. can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, know if the other guys would be excited about playing they're, this they're gonna laugh. They're going to laugh their asses <laughs> off if you bring in love letters. Like, I swear <laughs> to God, don't, don't, don't bring it to the clubhouse. Just, like, you know, some friends, some close friends. Right. Just be like, you know, just try it. All right. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to other pastimes. That I know you're you're really into fishing. Yeah. Um, have you gotten to go? How much fishing have you done this season? Not much. Yeah. Not much. I lost my fishing buddy last year in Greenspan. Oh yeah. <laughs> Greenspan. We went out. Yeah. Um, Joe was really into the outdoors and yeah, all that stuff. So yeah, he was really good. He's a really good fly fisherman. Oh. Okay. Which is pretty cool. Cause I, I took him out on my parents' boat a couple times, mm -hmm. and he's up there at the front, you know, fly fishing and catching all kinds of like sunfish and bass and stuff. Wow. And flies. I've never really seen that in person. Somebody do that. Yeah. Uh, this year, it's 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 been way less. I actually went out for the first time yesterday. I went out on Baldy. Oh wow! Okay. With a, a family friend, and we got into some walleye and a couple northern and stuff. It was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess ice fishing is probably what I'll do the most now. Yeah. You know, I would love to fish more during the season, but it's man, tough. It's, yeah, it's tough. Is it, I mean, is it, you know, I think that like a lot of people, you see the team plays, you know, I mean, there's, obviously there's busy weeks where you have multiple games, but it's like you play on Saturday. It's like, well, what else are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but if you know exactly what you guys are, are dealing with every week in terms of like recovery and training and get back into it, like yeah. it's, it's packed, you know. That's so. the thing. I, I, it's hard to be outside for an extra three or four hours on your feet doing something. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like to, I'd rather relax and keep my feet up and make sure my body's feeling good. Yeah. Like for instance, yesterday when I was out there, I didn't even think it was that hot. I am absolutely fried, yeah. <laughs> I got home and my girlfriend's like, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> I didn't even know I was burnt. You're a pale northern guy. You yeah. got you to gotta get the sunburn. <laughs> you got to get the sunscreen on there to keep yeah. that off. So, yeah. Um, so, what is what is it about what is it about fishing that's really – I mean, obviously, you're saying the competition in terms of, of, of cars, poker. Um, do you feel some of that competition in fishing or is it more relaxing? No, it's, it's more relaxing. relaxing. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the personal challenge, I think, of trying to catch fish and figure out where they are and all that stuff. And being outdoors, just being in, in yeah. the outdoors and surrounded by nature and stuff is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, my favorite form of fishing, and I don't even, I guess I could do it in the Mississippi River and stuff here, is catfishing. That's what okay. I grew up doing a lot down in Nebraska. So what goes into catfishing? So the reason why I like catfishing the way we always did it is at nighttime we build a big fire 
And my grandma's lake, her cabin, the property is like kind of this peninsula that goes out in the lake. Oh, nice. And the fire pit's out there. So we sit around the fire, make hot dogs and s'mores and stuff. And meanwhile, we've thrown out six or seven catfish lines all on different sizes, peninsula with bells on them. Oh, okay. So we're just sitting there, you know, shooting the breeze, yeah. eating, having fun. And then all of a sudden you hear ring, 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 ring. You run over there. You got catfish on the line. I mean, it's great. And how's that good eating? Would you, would you uh, cook that up? 100%. Yeah. It's fantastic. Cabbage and is terrific. People, I think we, we got a lot of snobs here in Minnesota because <laughs> we've been spoiled by walleye. The sure. People live here have been spoiled by walleye yeah. and stuff for so long. Yeah. Some people, they think catfish, like, ew, you know, they want to eat catfish. It's white meat. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. And yeah. you do, like, some, some Cajun stuff with catfish. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, walleye is good, too. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you eat what you uh, catch, then? Would I what? Would you eat the stuff that you catch? Oh yeah, yeah. That's so. That's like the only way I eat fish. Right. I don't really eat it from restaurants. When we're on the road and they have it, unless we're out in like Vancouver or something, yeah. and then I'll eat the fish. But I, I really only eat fish when I catch it and clean it myself. I forget that fish is good sometimes. Yeah. Like I, I mean, like when I get it at a restaurant, I like it. And some, I mean, it's some some of the salmon I've had in place. I mean, I like sushi, but like cooks salmon as a as a dish, I just don't tend to think about it. Um, but it can be really good. Yeah. It's so much better when you catch it and clean it yourself. I'm sure. It's I'm sure. so fresh, you know. It's yeah. Been, it's been out of the water for 30 minutes an right. hour. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, this is obviously different, but, like, we uh, – my wife and I are growing vegetables for the first time um, at our house, and she, like, you know, planted tomatoes and zucchini and all this stuff like yeah. that. And she made this, like, cowboy caviar, you know, that stuff. It's sort of like – it's got black-eyed peas and tomatoes and uh, just, you know, sort of veggies, and sort of, you put, like, a vinaigrette in there. Um, you can dip chips in it and stuff like that. And I've had it, but you got it at Costco. It comes in a plastic yeah. tub, right? It's fine for a party. She made this stuff, and it was, like, all the veggies were completely fresh. And yeah. I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is – like I'm not like tomatoes. I've never been super into tomatoes, but if you get like a fresh tomato, I'm like if all tomatoes tasted like that, I would eat them all the time. Yeah. Like they're amazing. So yeah. <laughs> couldn't be more. I mean, I made av- or um, guacamole, homemade guacamole, a couple times. It was sure. the same way. And yeah. I've always liked guac, but when I made it myself, it was like, oh, oh god, this is even better this than is, usual. You know, this it's is so fantastic. much better. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get better about cooking a little more and getting into that because there's a sort of there's a fun process there. Yeah, and like if you can feel like you can enjoy it a little bit um, rather than it's just something you have to do. Yep. Um, it can be, it can be really nice. And when you make something good, it's like, I made this. I agree. <laughs> I, I would, that's something I would really like to keep getting better at. Yeah. Yeah. I have like basic things that I do, but when I do do something that's a little more, you know, where I'm actually have to really follow instructions and, and it comes to the end, it feels really good. Especially I really like feeding other people. Yeah. The feeling you get when you make something really good and other people are enjoying it too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like that. On the flip side of that, if um, if you're ever to have children, uh, you can make delicious food and then they will not eat it. And then that's yeah. that sucks. <laughs> it's like I spent all this time making this and they just don't appreciate it because they're kids and they yeah. just want dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets. So, uh, I mean, dino, dino chicken nuggets are good too. So That would be difficult. I mean, I, <laughs> I – uh, I was an easy kid. I always ate vegetables, and I liked all that stuff. That's but good. I've seen it where yeah, like sometimes some kids just won't eat this, the healthy stuff. Yeah, you know? it's fun. Like my kids are actually they're, they're, the thing is they're good at certain healthy things. They like broccoli. They will eat corn. They will eat a good amount of veggies. But then certain like if anything has any spice level to it, it's too it's too spicy. They're out. Man. They're Minnesotans. They're so really... so Miguel would be as well. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. This is the first Mexican I've seen that won't can't handle any spice. It's a joke. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, there's something else I wanted to ask you about fishing. Um, uh, favorite places to go for fishing, um, or fa- places you've been maybe? Yeah, you know that were great. So obviously my grandma's lake down in Cedar Creek, Nebraska. Love fishing down there. Fish there a lot. Um, up here, 
White Bear Lake um, is probably where I ice fish the most. Okay. We get into a crappie out there. Yeah. And um, Bald Eagle that I was on the other day is another good one. I've done a couple trips up to Mille Lacs. And a few winters ago when I, I made a trip over there with my buddies for a weekend, we got a couple, into a couple really nice spots. We were pulling out great fish. So those are probably my, my top three right there. What's Bald like, Eagle. What's like the biggest, biggest kind of biggest fish you've caught? Catfish. Catfish. Catfish, yeah, probably. Huge, probably. Between a, but I haven't gotten a monster yet. Like, that's what I'm still waiting the for. General Sherman, like the Yeah, <laughs> I'm waiting for, like, my 50-pound flathead, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I haven't gotten it yet. But they're in that, that lake that we we fished down there in Nebraska. They're in there. You yeah, hear every ones. year about guys pulling them out. But um, I've caught a lot of channel catfish between 10 to 15 pounds. But okay. that the giant flathead, you know, the 50 to 70-pounder is still eluding me. Can you, like, catch that on a regular line or, like, what do you, I mean. You got to have a pretty big rig for that. Yeah. You got to have a, yeah. If you're a really skilled fisherman, you could do it with some light line. But, sure. yeah, you, you have a big pole and, and thick line on to try to help you land those things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's a fight. Oh, yeah. It's like an all day. They fight hard. <laughs> yeah. Cat, catfish are, that's another thing about them. They're great fish. They fight hard. They don't give up. They give you a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, let's talk a little bit about family. You have a big family, obviously. Um, it's it's going to get bigger with uh, your teammate, uh, Eric Miller. Yeah. Marrying into it. So how do you, how do you A, how do you feel about uh, having a, a brother-in-law on the team? Yeah, it's kind of cool. You know, I, I don't, man, I don't really think of him as my brother-in-law. Yeah, he's just, he's right. been a close friend of mine for so long. Sure. And it's cool to have him around. We've been, we've been on teams together for so long that it's good to kind of be reunited and have him back. Yeah. Um, from high school and then in college, we played together for a few years, and now we're we're back together pro. It's kind of unusual, I think. I don't think it's you know it happens very often, but yeah, I feel feel pretty pretty fortunate. He's a great guy. He's a really good teammate. And he's really good for the locker room. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like it. I mean, from the instant he got here, it just seemed like he was yeah. really happy to be here, and this is something he wanted to do, um, and seemed like to connect really well with everybody. Yeah. So, um, do you? And you have uh, you're an uncle, right? Yeah. Is this something do you enjoy having getting to play with other people's kids and giving back? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. I mean, my family's grown so quick. Yeah. I have eight nephews and two nieces. All from six months old to five years old. Wow! So it's just there's a ton of kids growing out. My family's still growing. Um, it's really fun, man. My my brothers and sisters they they got their hands full, you know. Yeah. It, it, it makes things really interesting. And my my parents, they're the grandparents now. You know, they're so busy all yeah. the time, and they love it. They love. They bring the kids over every day. They're swimming in their pool and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's really cool for me as well that they're all going to grow grow up so close to each other yeah they, they all live in woodbury oh yeah nice you know so they they have friends and they'll probably play on sports teams together and stuff and yeah that's, that's gonna be a cool thing it's really fun when there's um i i grew up i grew up on the east coast um and didn't really know my extended family i have one brother but um you know i had cousins i would see every once in a while but now um you know my my wife's sister lives in st paul we live in minneapolis and we see their kids all the time yeah. and you know it, it's 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 really nice to have cousins close by my brother lives in st paul also and he has one kid right now so um Cousins is kind of a cool, it's kind of a cool relationship yeah. that I never really got to get when I was growing up. But that's sort of, you have some of the familial thing, but they have, they're not with you every day. So you don't yeah. have that sibling rivalry thing. Yeah. It was the same for me because my almost entire extended family was down in Nebraska and I had a ton of cousins because my family's big. My dad has 11 siblings and oh, wow. my mom has three siblings. So a ton of cousins, but it was exactly like that for me. You know, only saw them, you know, 
four or five times a year. But for, for my nephews right now and, like, your family, they're going to grow up so close to each other. Yeah. It's going to be a pretty cool thing, especially as they start to get older. Yeah, for sure. I, You know, it's, now I feel like I missed out on it a little bit. Like, yeah. looking back when I was a kid, I didn't really think about it that much. I mean, I mostly just fought with my brother constantly. Um, I, I, did you fight with your, your brothers? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Actually, it, it was kind of a one-sided fight, though, because they were six and seven years older. Than me, sure. So. <laughs> Um, I saw that I saw the the clip from the state fair where you were introduced as uh, as Brian. Yeah. Um, that the look you gave Maggie was uh, just encapsulated all of that. I yeah. Felt like that feeling of like, hey, okay, man. <laughs> yeah. It's happened a lot to me over the last you know few years, but it was funny because the guy from Frank before we went live wanted to make sure he got our names right, so he said Brent Coleman. Yep. Is it Miguel? Is it Ibarra or is it Ibarra? Ibarra. Okay. <laughs> The cameras are on 15 seconds later, and he kind of butchered both of them, yeah. you know, so <laughs> right. that, was, that was the look I shot Biggie, like, man, are you kidding me? This guy just had it a second ago. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. Something the weird stuff happens. I mean, obviously, he's probably, has, he, he, he's a pro, right? He should, yeah. he should know this. But like, yeah, but he's live on TV. You know, I'll give the guy a break. Yeah, sometimes when you hit that camera, it's like, you don't know what... You don't know what's going on. You know, like you get you get ahead of yourself and you're just out over your you're like, I I don't know what I'm doing. Like and then it just goes horribly wrong. And for the first like five or ten seconds after it happened, before I started talking, I was like, All right, I'm gonna correct them first ten. First thing thing they asked me, I'm gonna correct them, I'm gonna correct them. And then it got to it and I was like, Oh man, I'll just let it go. I'm not gonna say it. I'll just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't wanna butcher this guy, you know, live on TV, I don't wanna grill him. Yeah. There was I did a thing once at at halftime where I went over to the booth um, where they do the the commentary and Cal talked to me about like, you know, articles and stuff that's on the website. So I had to wear a tie, I had to like look good, which again, it's not something that I wanna do um, basically professionally. But um but yeah, it is weird because I hadn't ever done that before. And, you know, they just like stand up next to Cal, like really close. And then he would interview me and I had to sort of look at a camera. The weirdest part for me is that I was holding a microphone, but it was not amplified. It was, you know, and I'm, I'm a musician. And so I'm used to if there's a if there's a microphone that there's like it's going to be loud. Yeah. And I kept feeling like I was not speaking loud. loudly enough or like it wasn't picking me up or the microphone is broken. And, and you only have like a minute, you know, it's like a minute piece, like yeah. bit. And I'm just talking about stuff on the website. And so. Yeah, I have sympathy for anybody who on live TV, you know, like any of those. Yeah. The sports announcer kid, you remember that kid who was like the, the he had that viral clip of talking, boom goes the dynamite. And, no. Uh, it was so, it was like a kid where it was on a, uh, I think it was like a news show, it was a local news show, and he was like a younger guy. And he got brought in because somebody was sick and he was doing the, the sports highlights, but he didn't know that much about sports. So he was just watching, they had him playing, they're video playing, and he's like this, you know, 22 year old kid, and he's like, and uh, he gives it to the man, and boom goes the dynamite. Uh, and here's this guy, like, and he's, just, he's in a panic because he doesn't know what to say. So um, I felt like a little bit like that sometimes uh. when, <laughs> when I get on camera. Um, all right, last thing I want to talk about. Uh, I, I got a hot tip. Fantasy football uh, is, is something you also get into. Yeah. Um, we got we got fishing, family, fantasy, all the, all the Fs here. So um, are, are you in a league right now? Yeah, I'm in two leagues. One with my um, Woodbury friends I grew up with, and then we have one with the team. We have a Minnesota United okay. Fantasy Football League. And how is how are the has okay? Forgive my ignorance. Has the season started? Yeah. Did so it just start? Just started Thursday. First, yeah. Okay. First game uh, I think night. I saw that. So. Yep. Um, how's it going? So how's the league? Who's winning? <laughs> Well, it's hard it's to say, you know, game, it's, right? it's week know. one starting this weekend. It's like when there's an MLS but game on a Wednesday and I'm like, well, you know. I can tell you who's not going to win. Who's not going to win? Mason Toy is definitely not going to win. Okay. This guy had an absolute shocker of a draft. All right. Okay. This now, were they all, were, was everybody involved live with the draft or did some no. people set it on auto and they forgot? Or? Um, well, there was a couple people that couldn't make it. We, we tried to have a live draft where everybody okay. was there, but a couple people couldn't make it. Um, 
So, yeah, I think we had, like, nine of the 12 present. All right. It was pretty fun. Good banter, you know. It was a good time. I love the live fantasy football draft. It's great. Sure. Um, but, yeah, there's. I th- it, it must be Mason's first time playing fantasy football because he was having a nightmare. What Did, did you take a defense first? What did well, he took, he took Cam Newton in, like, the third round. Okay. And, and it was just, like, a huge reach. Right. Yeah, and he was – I mean, the guy might have drafted a kicker before he had a tight end. It was, it was stuff like we're all just laughing at this guy, but you never know, you know. Maybe this guy ends up winning somehow. Oh, who knows? Yeah, like fantasy football is crazy. Yeah. like I, I've not played it in a long time, but it was one of the first fantasy sports I got involved in because it's a natural for that, right? Because you sort of set your lineup. Yeah, and you're and you're good, right? And I didn't know anything about football, and uh, I picked, I took Randy Moss because I knew Randy Moss was good. Who was he playing for at the time? He was playing for the Vikings. Okay. And uh, I took a rookie quarterback named Dante Culpepper, <laughs> who was also playing for the Vikings, and they destroyed. Yeah. They were amazing. Like yeah. it was, and I I won my fantasy football league. That the first connection year. right there, probably. Yeah, I mean, I th- that taking them together was amazing. Yeah. It totally worked out for me. So, and then I haven't uh, ever since. I tried to do it again with McNabb and Terrell Owens, um, like later on. And then you know the thing with the with the fantasy with fantasy football where your playoffs are like the last couple weeks of the season, oh, and yeah. they clinched the NFC. And so they rested them, yeah. and I, they didn't play during my playoffs, so yeah. I lost there. So Yeah, that can be frustrating. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know. I haven't made the playoffs in, like, two years. <laughs> I shouldn't talk crap on other people's drafts. I've been pretty shocking in fantasy football, if I'm being honest. Do you do, a lot, do, you do research going into the draft? A little bit. I don't do a ton. Um, I don't auto-draft, but I definitely, you know, really take into account their rankings from the guys that do it full-time for, for a living. Right. Um, you should trust those people. I will say I've been pretty unfortunate with injuries the last few years. Yeah. But that's... You know, a lot of people deal with that. In football, there's so many people getting hurt all the time. Yeah. It's just something that most people have to deal with when they're playing fantasy football. Well, and they're huge rosters. Like, I mean, you're, I mean, so what positions do you play in your fantasy league? Like, We have one quarterback, okay. two running backs, two receivers, one tight end, a flex, defense, and kicker. Okay. That's not excessively complicated then. Yeah, it's pretty simple. How do you feel about two quarterbacks? I've heard there's been kind The two quarterback leagues? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard of people that are in those. I've just never played one, so I don't have an opinion one way or the other if it's good or if it's bad or fun or not. But we just we just keep it pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great time, though. It makes for really good banter in the locker room. Yeah. So It's a good way to – I remember talking to – I interviewed um, Shane Battier, actually, uh, a couple years ago. And he was talking about um, – you know, he was always that guy where he wasn't a star on any team, but he was sort of the locker room guy and yeah. the leader and everything like that. And how he was the one who organized, like, the the, the – pools like the dead pools and like all the stuff like that for like the fantasy football stuff because it gave guys a chance to like talk about that stuff yeah um you know you come in after the weekend and you know like he was talking about being on the heat and it's like you know Dwayne Wade lost his matchup in fantasy football and so some scrub role player gets to give him crap you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> exactly it's so good for that stuff yeah man we just started a NFL survivor pool too yeah and that one's gonna be fun as well and some of these international guys that come, they, they don't know much about it, but they really like watching it. Sure. They like the NFL. Um, so it's it's funny. It's always interesting to see the, these guys' takes on, on what they're doing, yeah. who they like. And stuff. Yeah. Are they um, – so have, it, have they had a chance to watch f- football in in their native countries, or is this the first time no. they get to see it all the time? No, they so. see it when they come here. Yeah. And I, actually, you know what? They, they might be watching it on TV and stuff, but, like, I know Jerry – Jerry, you know, puts himself out there community Jerry's and great. goes to Gophers games, Vikings games and stuff. He's yeah. a huge Vikings fan. Now. Yeah. Massive. <laughs> I think he's 
you know, in Survivor, you can't take the same team twice. I think if you could take the Vikings every week, I think he would do it. <laughs> He's rolling with his team. I respect yeah. that. So, yeah. yeah, it's funny. I, I talked to Jerry a while ago, and we were talking about his, you know, coming being in America and, and all the stuff that he's gotten to do. And um, you forget sometimes that, you know, he was saying how Minneapolis is such a big city to him because it's just like in Switzerland, it's like, you know, even the really big cities are not that big. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's the same for guys coming from South America, like unless they're like right in. I mean, I guess Darwin was living in Mexico City. So that's yeah. considerably yeah, that's big. That's a giant city. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like their experiences must just be so different coming yeah. here, even for a city that we think of as not that large, like yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, are they... Do you get some of that culture shock from them, like when you guys come into the team from from other countries? A little bit, yeah, yeah. It's always, man. I, I've never done it. I've never gone and played another country. Right. But it's fun to see these guys um, adjust the first few weeks and how they react to it. Um, some of the guys like pick up English really quick. Yeah. And they really try. Some not so much. You know, sure. they're they're more comfortable speaking Spanish. And yeah. They learn English to the point where they can they can understand like everything that you're saying to them, but it's still hard for them to speak it. Yeah. So that's another thing too, having to having to learn and, and be around a new language all the time is something I've I'm sure is pretty difficult. Um, but yeah, it seems like most guys that come here they they really like it. Yeah. And and a lot of these guys that we've brought in have families mm-hmm. and they, they love bringing their families here. Yeah. And Minnesota is a great place for it, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think it's a great it's a great spot, especially these guys like I said that have families that come over here and. It's a great, great place to raise a family. Yeah, absolutely. I heard, uh, I heard Darwin thrown out. Yeah, I heard some English from Darwin today. So yeah. it seems like he's, he's, yeah. he's picking he's, up a little he'll, bit. He'll try. He yeah. tries really hard. That's a huge part of it. I absolutely. mean, I like, I, I uh, learned French in school, which does not come in handy basically at all, <laughs> except when I, I've been to Paris, you know. And it's so true. It's like if you just try, like if yeah. you just give it an honest, an honest try, then I think that most people, you know, will work with you to try to get through absolutely. a lot of that stuff. So, yeah. um, well, Brent, this has been great. This has been fun. Thanks Thank, for having me. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us for the 26th Sound of the Loons podcast. Minnesota United's next match is on Wednesday, September 12th against DC United in the brand new Audi Field. Are you excited to go play in a new stadium? Yeah. It's be cool. Have you been to RFK? Did you play there? No. No, okay. No, never. They came here last year. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to yeah. be a big challenge. They've been really good at home, so yeah. it'll be a good one. They got that guy. Maybe. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, that match kicks off at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. I think be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes or at the very least a five-star rating. You can follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC. You can follow Brent at BMK. Have it your way. That's you are way. Yep. That is that a Burger King reference? Yes. Okay. Yeah. When I was like looking up to make sure I saw a couple other people who were BK have it your way or be some variation of that. So um, it's memorable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you can follow me at C Ventures. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you and people can like you exactly as you are. We'll be right back.